This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe today. Off Scripts Time Capsule. Rating and ranking the years that have shaped us. I'm Robbie Greenfield and alongside me is Chris McCarty and Sona Rapani. Working our way through the years, we'll highlight world events, cultural achievements and the stories that have been forgotten. 2005 this week and in the absence of RG it's over to oh. RP. <laughs> Come on, RP. No, yeah, thank you very much. So we're on 2005 uh, and Rob has been feverishly working from home yes. uh, to, to give us loads of great stuff. So 2005 was a massive year in cycling. People were proudly wearing, you might remember them, those little rubber yellow bracelets. And I will hold my hand up to see that I jumped on that bandwagon. So did I. Live strong. So did I. Live strong bracelets. Uh, this was the year that Lance Armstrong actually won his seventh and final Tour de France. And we all know what happened since. Uh, phones along the way. What phones have you had? Oh, great question. I had the Snake one, the Nokia, what was that, 3310? Uh, yeah, 3310. 6210 was another Nokia I had one. one of the flip-ups, a Vodafone flip-up. I loved that. Flip-ups were good, like the Matrix one. Correct. Yeah. Did you ever have a Razor? A Motorola Razor? No, Motorola's, no. They were so cool. There was a hot pink Motorola was Razor, really? which was the coolest thing in the playground in 2005. And um, funnily enough, in the northeast of Scotland, I did not have a hot pink mobile I, phone. Rog, I can't see. I can't see that. No, no. Uh, they've recently brought it back, haven't they? There's kind of a new Motorola razor out. Anyway, so that's good. Bit of a blast from the past. The iPod Nano. Did Do you remember have, this one? I did have an iPod Nano. So this was pre-shuffle. This was as they got smaller and smaller, right? Yeah, yeah. It was a cool, cool thing. I never had that. Lynx launched Africa. Was that 2005? Yeah. Oh, I used to waste half a bottle of Lynx Africa on my clothes. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. It kind of had a... It always reminds me of, like, the changing rooms at school. Correct. Locker room. Yeah. Yes, it does. Yeah. Lynx Africa. Is it still... Is I'm it still going sure strong? it is. Is it not changed its name now? Like all products tend to do. Is it Axe now? It is Axe. Axe. Yeah. Yes. Axe Africa. I didn't actually realise that Lynx were part of the Axe brand. I thought Axe was actually a competitor of Lynx. Oh, maybe, maybe it is. But I don't Lynx know. Africa. We've ruined oh. some potential sponsors there <laughs> for both Lynx and Axe. Well done. It ties in with my sore throat that I've got right now because whenever I used to always blame dousing yourself in this Lynx product, yeah. I'd always get a sore throat afterwards. Oh, really? I, I kid you not. How much were you dousing I mean, yourself in? Genuinely, I would go through a bottle of Lynx Africa. I say a bottle, it was one of those. A can, yeah. A can. I would go through one of those every week. Is this because of what was promised on the adverts? <laughs> which was? The Lynx effect, <laughs> which was that like, yeah, the would girls be. would be chasing you down the streets of Aberdeenshire. You know what, Rog? There was maybe a bit of me that did think that would be the case. 2005, so what was a oh, jeepers? I've got no excuse. I was 18. I was 19. 19. Oof, wearing Africa lunch. <laughs> you can see where it all went wrong for me. Jeepers. And then, so we've mentioned the iPod uh, a little bit earlier. Actually, yeah. we've mentioned Steve Jobs quite a bit, but HMV was still a massive thing. Did, did you like going to HMV? HMV was always, they're up against Virgin Megastore. Yeah. Certainly from um, HMV, do we know what even that stands for? His master's voice. It's actually. Yeah, it's to do with the, the logo of the dog listening to a gramophone, listening to his master's Master. voice, which is playing on the vinyl of record, which they sold at HMV. HMV. His master's voice, yeah. Great quiz question, that. Yeah, well, there you go. You can keep that one. His so since voice. then, sadly defunct, uh, mm -hmm. HMV doesn't exist anymore. But yeah, the vast majority of music in 2005 was still purchased uh, in store. 
Digital's slowly taken over. Of course it? it has. I never even realised that HMV was done and dusted. A UK brand HMV. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Uh, high Street, of course, the struggles of the High Street. Can't believe this as well. 2005 was the birth of YouTube. Yeah, it seems like it's been with us our whole lives, but no, 2005. Wow. And it has yeah. just taken over. Uh, it was launched, it completely transformed the way we consume video, but content as well. You know, yeah. music, people go to YouTube first to see a video, a music video, and then maybe I like that artist, and then there's obviously the suggestions. It all started back in 2005. It was created by a gentleman by the name of Chad Hurley, Steve Chen, and George Karim in Three February guys, of 2005. Wow. Yeah. The three guys, they were all former PayPal employees. So there's your um, Elon Musk link, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and, he came, and they came up with the concept to create a platform on which it would be easier to share videos with others over the internet in a style similar to the photo sharing sites at the time. I don't know if you remember trying to upload videos. Designing a website was just line by line. It was mm -hmm. impossible. And uploading videos and downloading videos as well was, it was hard back in 2005, pre-YouTube. I can't even remember how we did it. It to is be mental to me, and YouTube is, I mean, the fact that it is free, it's still, yeah. that, you know, it would have been easy for them to go behind a paywall, yeah. but yeah. they've kept it free, and this is incredible. It's the second most visited site in the world. I take it after Google. Must be after Google, yeah, which of course now owns it. That's incredible. Yeah, and 25% of global tra mobile traffic is on YouTube accounts, 25%. That does not surprise me. Unbelievable. At all, that doesn't surprise me. And then more than 70% of what people watch on YouTube is actually determined by its recommendation algorithm. Unbelievable. That is, that is incredible. Have really you ever is. watched or listened, as we'll do now, to the first clip on YouTube? I have never. First video ever uploaded? No. Was called Me at the Zoo. Take a listen. All right, so here we are, one of the uh, elephants. And the cool thing about these guys is that, is that they have really, really, really long um, fronts, and that's that's cool. And that's pretty much all there is to say. Right, that is not Sir David Attenborough, it's fair to say. That genuinely <laughs> is the first clip that was uploaded. Yeah, that's the first one. It's called Me at the Zoo. It's entitled that. It was uh, by a gentleman um, who has since then amassed 173 million views. On that? Yep. Just him talking nonsense at the zoo. Imagine selling that as an NFT. Come on. It's a bit like us on a daily basis talking <laughs> nonsense on this show. But weird news. It wouldn't be a time capsule without a spot of weird news from the year. Um, cheese chasers all came a cropper. Have you seen? <laughs> there's a documentary about cheese chasing on Netflix. That'll tell you all you need to know about how weird some of the sports are that we enjoy it's on, in the It's UK. on Netflix, is it? Yeah, it's... What's it called? It's, it's one series in a, in a series of about six, which is odd sports, like chili eating... Um, Chili eating. dog training and one of them is, is cheese chasing uh, where you basically roll cheese down a hill and chase it. it as fast as you can <laughs> uh, they roll it down a 640 foot very steep hill and competitors in 2005 broke bones, skinned knees and broke elbows all in pursuit of this cheese uh, the, it was a teenager that won his name was Chris Anderson gotta get him on the show Rog yeah let's get Chris Anderson on see if it's changed his life I just can't believe how 
how far that is. 640 feet, and it is so steep, and it's grass as well, so it's quite skiddy and I, quite I've seen uneven. Some clips. These guys are sprinting yeah. down, yeah. tumbling down to yeah. try and catch a cheese. Yeah, and they have big, like, you know, crash pads at the end where people just run into them. Quite crazy. Brilliant. Uh, so, uh, favourite. Um, uh, celebrity romances from 2005 oh. Brad and Angelina Jolie became Bradgelina yeah they did yeah Demi Moore and Aston Kutcher married as well yeah, big age gap there uh, newlyweds Nick Lacey and Jessica Simpson finished its reality show TV run uh, resulting in Simpson filing for divorce a few weeks later yeah I've got to say I admit and I hate doing this but I did watch the reality TV show watched a couple of episodes it was on late at night back in those days and of course Aston Kutcher would later divorce yeah, Damien Moore married now to who? Malakunas. Correct. Well done, two kids. And then as for Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie, well, they are still in the courts, I believe. Yeah, I think their so. divorce and uh, their yeah, big the brood. custody of the kids is mm. uh, still rumbling on. If you're interested, yes. but let's get to the movies because 2005 was. Well, I'll tell you what, it was the year of this. How do you know my name? The world is too small for someone like Bruce Wayne to disappear. My parents deserve justice. If you make yourself more than just a man, then you become something else entirely. Which is a legend, Mr. Wayne. He's here. Who? The Batman. Guy dresses up like a bat clearly has issues. Batman Begins, the first of three helmed by the genius that is Christopher Nolan, Christian Bale, fantastic Batman as well. And whilst I would say that it's, for me, it's my least favourite of the three. Right, really? Yeah. I've watched okay. it. I watched it again quite recently. The Misses is a huge Batman fan. We watched them again. Obviously, the second one with Heath Ledger, incredible. Mm. Controversially, I prefer the third one to the first one. Razal Ghoul and this, the the Scarecrow. Yeah, listen, it's good. Yeah. It's not as good as its, its successors. Which is strange for a trilogy to get progressively yeah. better. I mean, personal opinion. Have you have you seen Batman Begins? I love Batman Begins. Yeah, I just think I like the the way they just re they just threw everything out that they'd gone previously yeah, with Batman. Correct. There were some good Batman films before it, but I think Batman Begins is the Batman film. A little disappointed, not to be too disparaging, but a little disappointed. The, the biggest kind of, or one of the big disappointments for me is that Katie Holmes doesn't continue. Yeah. She's in Batman Begins, and of course it's then Maggie Gyllenhaal. Yes. That's in the second Batman, so that annoys me because I like consistency. Of course. And did you know, this is a great little start, and Robbie's been hard at work today, to prevent script leaks okay now batman begins it was actually initially titled the intimidation game it was used to thwart media interest however it's fair to say this alias was also exercised with cast members as well in fact sir michael kane he actually assumed that the script was a gangster movie when he first read it that's uncanny so the idea being we want to keep this you know keep this lot under lock and key so locked tight so that we can then sell the movie tickets and make an absolute packet off of this. Now, beyond the working title, the film's actual title went through many changes as well. It was reportedly known as Batman 5. Then it was Batman the Frightening. Thank goodness they ditched that before co-writer David Goyer suggested the title Batman Begins because it's what you say. It's out with the old, clean slate, 
Let's start afresh. Yeah, a really dark, fresh and it's a start. Great movie. So good. Christopher Nolan's brilliant. And they also spent time in the original Batcave from the '60s Batman TV series okay. as kind of like breakout time from when writing had got too much. They'd go take a stroll and go down to the old Batcave in the studio there. Quite cool. If you haven't seen it, in terms of your recommendation, Rog, I'm going for another graphic novel. It's Sin City. The truth of Sin City will be shattered. Let the girl go. You know who my father is. You can't do a thing to me, Hardigan. There'll be a rest. There'll be death. Nothing can stop this. You're making a big mistake. You already made a big mistake. A hard top with a decent engine. And make sure it's got a big trunk. I haven't seen it much. So good. This is when I fell in love with filmmaking. I'd always liked movies. I'd always liked going to the cinema. But this is when I became a bit obsessed with it. It's so interesting. It's based on a graphic novel by um, Frank Miller. And Frank Miller and Robert Rodriguez direct it. Quentin Tarantino takes guest directing credits as well. So there's some big names. Just behind the camera, in front of the camera, you've got Bruce Willis, Benicio Del Toro, Brittany Murphy, Clive Owen, Mickey Rourke, Elijah Wood, Jessica Albert. I could go on. There's kind of, right, so it's black and white, yeah. and elements of colour are picked out, so it's stunningly made, and there's kind of five stories which weave and intertwine and tangle, and then there's some real funny elements, and then there's some real Ah, oh, you're selling elements. it. You're doing a good you job selling it. love it. Watch it on as big a screen as possible, in a darker room as possible, with as good a sound system as possible. Did you know, very quickly, uh, that Tarantino directed his scene for just one dollar? Given the fact I didn't know he was part of it. Oh, well, there you I go. Did, and I definitely didn't know that, but there's obviously good reason he did it for a dollar, because... yeah. He wanted to be a part of it. He did. He wanted to be a part of this. He wanted to be on board with Robert Rodriguez, who he'd asked to score Kill Bill Volume 2. Rodriguez liked the film so much, he said, I'll do it for a dollar, mate, as long as you do me a favour back. Brilliant. So fast forward a few years later, Tarantino's asked to direct at the scene in which Dwight... I won't go into too much detail because it's quite gory, but it involves a body, a body that keeps talking to him because he's hallucinating. Oh, my Lord. He directed that scene for one dollar. I love that. Quentin Tarantino. As for Robbie Greenfield's choice, we'll let the man tell you himself. OK, film choice for 2005. Slightly rascal one, this, actually. I'm going to go with A 40-Year-Old Virgin, starring Steve Carell. I can't really go into much detail on the plot for rather obvious reasons, but I found it a very, very funny film, and I think we can all relate to some of the more socially awkward aspects of Steve Carell's character. Chris, maybe not, but most of us can. I was going to say, Rob, I, I definitely don't relate to any of that. I'm not 40, and I've not got... What is it he's got in that movie? He's got all he's of got these a lot figurines. Of he's, he's got a lot of chest He's got an awful lot of chest hair. He's got a lot of figurines. His game chair. Listen, I love the game chair. If you haven't seen that movie, well, here's a little clip from it. This is your first time getting body waxed? Yes, yes, it is. Take off your shirt. Okay. You ready? Yep. It's me. Ah! Oh! <gasps> I hate you! I hate you! Stop smiling! It's a great scene, that. The chest, <laughs> the, the wax. Had to be heavily cut. Oh, it had to be heavily, heavily cut. If you've not seen that movie, Robbie's right. It is well worth checking it out. And <laughs> unbelievably, that was real. It was real. They did it for real. I mean, there's probably no way you could fake it, to be honest, unless you'd 
were using a chest wig, I'm not sure. But <laughs> So about halfway through the ordeal, Carell was in so much pain that they had to stop the filming and realise it was a bad idea. So he was just left with these patches. <laughs> Apparently it took seven weeks for those patches of hair to grow back. His hair is so thick. Oh, it's, it's actually quite disgusting. <laughs> it's what it really is. is. If you haven't, you need to. If you have seen it, you will remember that scene yeah. very well. Indeed, it's a fantastic movie. You need to get on it as well. As for Sono's choice, again, I'll let her do the talking. I have to admit, I wasn't very inspired by the selection from 2005. There weren't a whole lot of movies that really stuck with me. So I have to pick one that stands out, and it's Crash. This movie had an all-star cast. I mean, it's unbelievable. John Cheadle was in this, Terrence Howard, Bendy Newton, Matt Dillon, Sandra Bullock, Ryan Felipe, um, Brendan Fraser as well. And it was... I don't remember too much of the intricacies of it, but the way it's set up is is that you're following these different stories and you find out how they intertwine over a period of time. And it's about racial injustice, about um, police brutality, topics that are still so relevant today. In fact, just watching the trailer a moment ago has made me realize I need to watch it again. So yeah, that's definitely my pick for 2005. No, you don't, Sono. You need to watch new material. We've given you a to-do <laughs> list as long as my arm, for goodness sake. And here is a little clip from Crash. How far can bullets go? You thinking about that bullet that came through your window? What's wrong? You all right? I am angry all the time, and I don't know why. Put your hands on top of your head, ma'am. Will you just do what he says? Heads in plain sight, step out of the vehicle. On his same side. Man, don't walk up on me. I know this man. Get back. I have seen Crash as well, and Sono's absolutely spot on on that front as well. Another really good movie. I don't think I've seen it. If you've not seen it, get on it. In terms of other movies that year, King Kong. King Kong was the out. remake. Yeah, 72 years after the first in 1933. Peter Jackson uh, brought the ape back to life, made a monster movie that won three Oscars. The original in 1933, how many do you reckon it won? Consider the classic. Two. Zero. Really? Didn't win any Oscars. Interesting. Yeah. You also had Wedding Crashes as well. Uh, with no, I enjoyed this movie. Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn. So good. I've got the perfect girl for you. <sighs> Janice, I apologize to you if I don't seem real eager to jump into a forced, awkward, intimate situation that people like to call dating. I don't like the feeling. You're sitting there, you're wondering, do I have food on my face? Am I eating? Am I talking too much? Are they talking enough? Am I interested? I'm not really interested. Should I play like I'm interested? But I'm not that interested. But I think she might be interested. But do I want to be interested? But now she's not interested. So now all of a sudden I'm, getting, I'm starting to get interested. Okay. Hey, Janice. Great talk. Yeah, I like it's, it. I think it's one of their best together as a duo. Correct. Uh, did you know that a wedding consultant was hired for authenticity? Really? Wedding planner. <laughs> what a name this is. Lovelyn Vanderhorst. Definitely, definitely changed her name. <laughs> she was hired as a technical advisor to ensure accuracy. She admitted in the movie's official production notes how hard it was to stop people from crashing real weddings. Um, she said that the hard part for me is, actually, is usually a client will say, I don't know who this person is. Can you go find out? Uh, usually they're not invited and I have to ask them to leave. But at one wedding, it ended up being the groom's uncle and the bride was really, oh. really embarrassed. That's that's why I hate to admit. It's weird. But I wouldn't be as hard. I've never, I've never crashed a wedding. I've, uh, I have crashed a wedding. Yep. And you, I was asked to leave. I just walked into the wrong room in a venue and I, I was trying what, to find my down? group of people. I just went to the bar because I thought, oh, maybe they've all gone off to the garden or to the toilet or whatever and they'll come back. Eventually somebody came over and said, um, do we know you? And I said, no. And, and I was asked to leave. Escorted out. Yeah. 
Did you find your mates? I did. I was, oh, in, okay, I was in the wrong room. They were in the room next door. Fine. Easy peasy. Now then, another one. Star Wars Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. A few of you have messaged in this suggestion. It also came out in 2005. And Christopher Lee. Never knew this story. Too old this. to duel. Yeah. He was 83 at the time. Of course, he plays Count Dooku. And because he couldn't perform all of the the nimble stunt work, they actually brought in a stunt double who took on the majority of the fight scenes. I mean, he was an old old man in the 50s. Yeah, Yeah, you're right. Fair. I mean, that probably won't come as a surprise to many of you. Madagascar came out as well in this year. And uh, my little daughter, Naya, obsessed with Madagascar and she's watched it about five times since she's obsessed roar with the lion Alex if you haven't seen it get on that as well in terms of television The Office US Prison Break Grey's Anatomy my missus still I can't believe Grey's Anatomy is still going strong 22 seasons sit really it's ridiculous I've never seen one episode neither have I Patrick Dempsey Dishy Doc I'm pretty sure he was in Grey's Anatomy my missus yeah, it was banging on about him. McDreamy. Uh, McDreamy. That's it. Yeah, McDreamy. Dishy dog. I'm just making that up now. In terms of music in 2005. Listen, we spoke to this fella pretty recently in actual fact. Look no further than this. I'm doing, I'm doing the, I'm doing the dance. You're doing the McCarty dance. There is a dance. If you haven't seen it, do pop on to our Instagram. And yeah, both Rog and I just broke in. To the dad dance for this song, it's a belting tune. It prompted a bit of a, a love relationship for you, didn't it, as well? It did. Because it, he commented on the video and you reached out to him and you he's interviewed a, him on the show. And he's a lovely fella. He's yeah. Michael Gray as Absolutely. well. We wish him well on his DJing career. And uh, great song. Great song. That is for um, 2005. 2005, I was listening to The Doves. The Doves. Oh my goodness. This. You might recognise this if you play FIFA because in 2006 they used Black and White Town from Doves on the FIFA EA Sports game. Whatever it would have been, FIFA 2006, I guess it was called. Yeah. It's actually a really good song. It's been a while since I heard that. Great song. And White Town, the Doves. Are they still, I mean, you'll know more than I do. Are they still? They are. are They They are still going, yeah. And you're still following them closely? I still follow them on Instagrams. (laughs) on Instagrams. (laughs) Right, as for Robbie's choice, well, he sent in a 40-second explainer on this, so come on then, Rob, we better play it. Okay, thought long and hard about giving the nod here to Nickelback's photograph, but ultimately, Chad Kroger and his cronies lost out to an album that I had on loop back in 2005. Whatever people say I am, that's what I'm not. It was the debut album for Arctic Monkeys, a band that I listened to a ton back then. Wouldn't listen to them all that much now, But the song, I Bet You Look Good on the Dance Floor, was, as Chris McCarty would say, an absolute banger. Um, Ironically, I looked anything but on the dance floor, but that is another story, and I'm sure Chris and Rog will both be able to elaborate on that one. So there we have it then. I Bet You Look Good on the Dance Floor. Arctic Monkeys. <laughs> Robbie definitely does not look good on the dance floor, I'll tell you that. But hey, listen, let's play a little clip. Fan of that one, Rog? Love that song. Love that album. Massive when they came out, Arctic Monkeys. Everyone was listening to it. It outsold everybody. Uh, it was a record-breaking one that year. 367,000 copies in its opening week. 
did it really unbelievable that is incredible it really is good choice Rob it is a very good choice Rob and just a shame that unfortunately the song relates to uh, dancing and you're not a good dancer if you are listening but you've already admitted to that as for Sonal's song choice well she's got a little explainer okay best song is really really easy for me this time um it's got to be block party so they came out with their debut album silent alarm in 2004 and the song banquet came out in 2005 and this is one of those albums i still enjoy to this day so i hope you like it Yes, oh, wow. Sonal Rapani. What a tune. I don't think I'll have agreed with anything more than this song choice. I'm a fan of this song. Great song. Walk Party. Do you know, when we look back at these years, the good songs come up, you kind of think, oh, 2005, what was in 2005? But we've had four great ones already. Uh, the weekend, you're, you're getting on board with Michael Gray there, 100%, Rog. I liked good. it before. Good, right then. This one, I think this was a, this was a massive tune back in 2005. Controversially... I'm not a fan. Windmill, windmill for the land, the forever hand in hand. Take it all out on your side. I'm not a fan of gorillas. See, I, Damon Albarn can do no wrong. He's had about three or four different uh, offshots from Blur, little solo projects, and the gorillas. I just love it. I like do this song you, do a you? lot. Okay. Yeah, it's getting quite deep with these lyrics as well. Feel Good Inc. is about the risk people take and the emptiness they feel when they fill their lives with meaningless pursuits. See, that's it, Rog. It's too deep for me. I like surface <laughs> level stuff when it gets too deep. In surface terms, level like Kanye West. Yeah, exactly like this. Yeah, there's definitely been a club back in the UK that I've been bopping along. Swiveling your hips on the dance floor. <laughs> Features, of course, Jamie Foxx, who this played does. Ray Charles in the film about... Uh, it's just called Ray, about Ray Charles. Um, but that's his first kind of incarnation, singing that line, which is, a, is a, obviously a Ray Charles sample. They don't use Ray Charles in the song. They use him. Yeah, they do. And another song from 2005. And this is a Robbie choice, not me, because we do give them short shrift, so much so that... I think Chad Kroger has heard that we give him short shrift and he's just refusing to come on our show. But this song came out in 2005. To be fair, is it just me or do all Nickelback songs pretty much sound the same? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, photograph. I, nah, I can't get on board with that one. Someday I can get on board with Photograph, no Hero, are you into Hero? Ah, listen, Hero I yeah, think but... you're a secret Nickelback fan, Chris <laughs> How you remind me I can get on board with as well Oh, that one as well Yeah, Someday Which is your favourite album? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's all Robbie's doing on Nickelback I, This will sound, I don't actually think they're all that bad Not as bad as he'll tell you they are, in all honesty, because <laughs> I did have a spell where I did listen to them for a while. Uh, this was another song, Massive, in 2005. 
It is a silent G on the start of his name, isn't it? Ganals Barkley, yeah. Ganals. CeeLo Green and um, Dead Mouse, the, the producer was, Dead Mouse, it, yeah. It was. That were Ganals Barkley. CeeLo, yeah, they were. They... It's, we've, we've heard that song so much now on various radio stations that it kind of washes over you, but that did sound very different to everything else in 2005. It, it stopped it me in its tracks when I first it. Did went it. to number one as well. Yeah. I remember it being a big hit. We move on to sport. Now... Before I get to mine, I'm going to do it like a band-aid. I'm going to rip this off quickly because, of course, (laughs) Liverpool, yes, we all remember what they did in uh, Moscow. wasn't Moscow, it was Istanbul. AC Milan, they led 3-0 at half-time. I was flying around my house celebrating the fact that Crespo and Kaka et al. had ran amok. And then, of course, Liverpool came back to win on penalties. We've dug up this clip. This is a spot of fan commentary. And when in doubt... You head for a fan, and the passion will let the clip do the talking. Extra time in the Champions League final. Liverpool were dead and buried after 45 minutes of this game. They have produced the miraculous comeback. Oh, they'll save by Dunek. Oh, oh he's going to be in. Dunek with a save. double save to push it over the top of the crossbar. And now it's the dreaded penalty shootout. I can only hope he was not working for a host <laughs> broadcaster. Got to be neutral in those moments, but of course I jest. And yes, it was a famous night for Liverpool Football Club. I just love his passion there. I had to use that rather than an official one. Have you ever heard, it's the 2003 commentary of the Rugby World Cup and Rob Andrew, like when Johnny Wilkinson kicks it, he does the same thing. Yeah! Of my, course, yeah, it's just <laughs> yeah, like, and that's part and parcel why I don't actually mind it during international tournaments, you know, because if you are an English commentator, Scottish commentator, yeah. Dutch commentator, yeah. the Dennis Bergkamp goal, we've played the clip numerous <laughs> yeah, times so on good. this show, Dennis Bergkamp, Dennis Bergkamp, just loses, <laughs> loses it. I don't mind that, but and again, that's in house, you know, in house club TV, you don't mind it. The yeah. problem is, yeah. Of course, you've just got to be got to make sure that you toe the party line if you are working for a broadcaster, and be mindful that some of those tuning in may well be AC Milan fans. But in that case, That's true. fantastic clip. In terms of my sporting memory, obviously it wasn't that one of 2005. It was when forget football. It's when cricket came home to the UK. That Ashes series between Australia and England was a thing of sporting. Poetry is what it was. And Kevin Peterson, well, he was at his absolute best. So the new batsman, Kevin Peterson, we know how dangerous he can be. Oh, she could punish those short and wide. That's a gift early on. There it is. Big hundred for Peterson, a big hundred for England. Mid off and mid on are up. It's a full toss. He takes a single, the shot, the stumps, misses. And Peterson raises them. His second test double century. And he's out. This time caught it slip. So Doherty does get his man. Well done, Ricky Ponding, giving Doherty the chance. Simon Cadditch takes the catch. 227 of the best runs that you'll ever see finish with that. Kevin Peterson, 227. Of course, England would go on to win. 
that ashes. I'm going to play summer. this clip. Great it was summer. an incredible summer, that. It really was. And I guess in a lot of ways, that's when I truly did fall in love with the sport of cricket. In terms of Robbie's choice, we'll look no further. Some of the best commentary ever. Perfect ad for Nike ever. Yeah. If you don't know what we're talking about, it was Tiger Woods' chip at the Masters with the ball trundling its way to the hole. It stops on the swoosh, couple of seconds for the photographers, and then it drops in the cup. Tiger and Stevie Williams go mental. Of course, Tiger would then follow up that Masters victory later on that same year by winning the Open. That was when Tiger was in his absolute pomp. Incidentally, as well, 2005, the year that Rafa Nadal begun his mission for 20, winning the French Open, the first of that glorious 20. And that is the year 2005. Off Scripts Time Capsule. Rating and ranking the years that have shaped us. Thank you for listening to the Time Capsule. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate it, and please do, if you've got a moment, give us a review. This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe today.